conversations with wedding professionals as they share their stories, insights, and tips from inside the wedding industry. We'll chat about how to be authentic and that it's okay not to be perfect or run your business like someone else's Instagram. Let's dive into the privilege it is to serve our clients and discover the talented creatives that make up our community. When we share what we know and who we are, we better serve our couples as a wedding day team, as well as each other. Simply put, be Fabo. Now here's your host, Bobby Brinkman. And lock you guys right into me and send me DMs to talk that you want to do some more business chats. Everybody loves hearing about vendors and their stories, but you guys want to do some things that will help you in your business. So I am all about going out and finding people that are so much smarter than me when it, when it comes to some of these things. Being in business 40 years, I can tell you how to stay here, but our guest today, Heidi Thompson, is going to help you evolve your wedding business. That's the name of her company, and that's what she knows how to do. So when she comes on today and chats and shares her nuggets and knowledge, some of you guys have wrote in some questions. We're going to get to those. But we're really going to have a candid conversation about how some of you newer uh, vendors that listen to the podcast can really maybe start setting yourself apart in this oversaturated market. She's also going to have some information, some aha moments for some of you seasoned veterans. And uh, she's going to talk about some of the programs and plans and some of the courses that she has um, that can help you. So just like you guys, she wants to grow your wedding business. She wants to grow her business as well. And uh, she's a business strategist and a marketing geek. And uh, she's going to help us today and help all of you create an overwhelmed, smashing marketing plan. So everybody, welcome Heidi to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. No, I'm excited to finally get you. Heidi and I have been trying to catch up on a podcast for about a year. So you guys are in for a treat today. So, you know, Heidi, I gave a little bit of information about you in your intro. But tell our listeners a little bit about who you are. And like all entrepreneurs, how did you find the need that this was missing in the creative world and what made you decide to work with creative wedding professionals? It's one of those long and winding stories where I kind of <laughs> stumbled into it, of course. Right. Um, it's, I mean, it goes way back to when I was in college and afterwards I was working in nonprofit events. And that's where I first really got introduced to the events industry. And then I started working under a wedding planner and then I started doing some weddings myself. And in this period of time, I moved from where I grew up just outside Detroit to the UK. And I was looking for, you know, what, what is it that's going on in this wedding space? How is this different? How is this alike? And I find myself through a series of events working in marketing in just about every industry you can possibly imagine, including fecal transplants. Yeah. (laughs) That's a segue. That's not what you hear every day at a wedding on a Saturday. (laughs) And um, I saw this gap in the market in the UK. And the gap was between what the wedding media were putting out there. And it was very like white, fluffy, Cinderella, traditional. And overwhelmingly what people wanted was very much like offbeat bride, rock and roll bride, something more specific to them and their style and their taste instead of them having to fit into this wedding box. 
So I saw an opportunity there. I started a wedding fair called the Alternative Wedding Fair, where I brought together couples who wanted things that were different. And some of the most creative vendors I have met in my entire life who just did amazing work that didn't fit the super traditional wedding mold. And I found myself spending a ton of time coaching my exhibitors on how to get the best results they possibly could out of these events. And that's when it hit me in the face that not everybody just like reads marketing books on right. a Saturday and nobody, enjoys them. Oh, yeah, nobody sticks an open sign up. They all just go, oh my gosh, I can make beautiful bouquets or I know how to make a cake. I can take a great photo. And then they put the open sign on and they can't make rent the first month. And then they're depressed and they beat themselves up. They're really creative and talented, but they don't have the business sense. And I think that that when we have people like you that actually do come from doing events and things and you're on the outside world looking in, you can see the things that we repeatedly go in a circle over and over. And we keep asking ourselves, why didn't it work? Why didn't it work? So when you share that, you're exactly right. We don't go into this thinking, oh my gosh, I have to run a business. I just want to take pictures or make bouquets. And so that was about, was that was about 10 years ago when you started this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So see, just in 10 short years, you have seen such a change in starting what you were starting and how you did it to where it is now to now, guess what? more traditional brides have to fit in that other box because the world you created and the vendors you're helping are really taking over the wedding industry. Are you, are you finding that? Do you get that feedback a lot? Yeah, absolutely. I see more and more and more. It's like every single year people are doing more creative and more unique stuff because I think we're just in a, in a position where people eat that up. They love right. it. Like something new and interesting that they haven't seen before. And so part of the process that you see as you've been growing your business for 10 years is we still don't always know what we want to do because we have so much technology. We have social media. We have the website. We have all these things that we're trying to get our customers to find us on. And while we're sharing this hour with us, we'll share with our listeners that all those things matter. Uh, taking all that stuff aside, Heidi, what's one of the first things a wedding professional can do? And we know that they need to call you and do things, but, and, and, and we're going to link everything back, everybody, for new listeners. You know, Tina will link everything back so you get all Heidi's information, her, her website, her social media, everything that we talk about today, Tina will link back. So what is a place that some of our listeners are brand new, as I mentioned earlier. We have some three and less, and then we have some seasoned people listening in, and we're growing all the time on this new podcast. But what are some of the things that you think overwhelm all these creators when they start and they need to push that aside and actually go, okay, the first step I need to do is this. So I think because we have a lot of opportunities to show up in different places, we feel like we have to. Right. And that's not actually the case. You only have to be in the places where your ideal client looks. And your ideal client is different than someone else's ideal client, which is why when people ask me, you know, should I advertise on wedding wire? My answer, which is frustrating and I get it, is it depends. Right. Do you get bookings from wedding wire? Do your clients tell you that they have used wedding wire to search for their photographer, for their venue, whatever the case is? 
Because if you are just throwing money and throwing effort at trying to attract everybody, it waters it down so much that you wind up attracting nobody. Right. And really who you're trying to attract is like the bottom of a pyramid. If you don't have it, you're kind of starting from the top down and it's so much easier to have it just topple over because there's no foundation. There's nothing guiding you. And it makes it just so much harder when you don't have that foundation. And I think engaged couples are also overwhelmed. When we mentioned wedding wire, there are so many now, just in 10 years, Heidi, think about how many online directories and everything. And yes, this is the perfect wedding guide podcast and, and part of perfect wedding guide. And they are, they are an online directory and, and their goal is to connect engaged couples with businesses, but they also understand that they need to be a wedding resource and they need to educate vendors and couples, but there's so many places. And I think the first thing they do is people go spend money and sign up to be on all these directories and they sign up and spend all their money when why not go and get a business coach or go get a business person like you that then can help guide them to know where their, what platforms are going to benefit the most if even needed. Correct. Yeah. And I think a lot of times part of that beginner mindset is, well, I'll just pay someone to do it for me. Right. Like I'll just pay this ad service or this directory or Facebook ads to do this for me. But if you don't have the foundational pieces of what makes marketing work in place, you can pay people all you want, but you're still not going to be able to book anyone who comes to you. Right. And then you have to all still be honing in on your skill and getting better at making bouquets and making cakes and keeping up with trends and what people want. And so you're juggling all these plates so, so now you've narr- you have offered them a place to narrow down. And I know that you have this wonderful wedding business collective roadmap and I, just some of the things on her website, guys. I mean, she literally talks about, and, it, and it's just so great, like know your customer, run your first marketing experiments, all the way to think like a CEO. But there's how many steps before people can start thinking like a CEO and what do you think the steps they need to do? Knowing their customer, maybe you can help What's some of the things they should look for to know their customer, Heidi? So the way I approach ideal clients is a little bit different than most people do. A lot of people look at it from the perspective, and you've probably heard this, of like demographics, you look at the age range, you look at the income, you look at, you know, where they're located. But my problem with that is that it doesn't tell me what to do. It doesn't give me any action steps. So the process that I've developed and that I use with my clients, which I call the clone your best clients process, actually looks at, okay, who have I worked with? It could be one person. It could be hundreds of people. It could be zero people. And we'll get to that in a sec. But who have I worked with that I wish I could clone and work with over and over and over again? Perfect. Okay. So figure that out. Now you need to tap into the best source of information that any business owner can tap into, and that is your client's brain. So I take my clients through an interview process to ask their best clients questions that give them the information they need to attract more people just like them. Because you don't have to make it up. You don't have to like guess. They'll tell you like, this is why I booked you. 
I mean, this they'll, is tell what, what they, they'll tell you what they don't like about you. Right. People forget to say, oh, by the way, and, and I know you'll get on it. When you ask for a review, that's one thing. But if you change that question and say, what about my services and my team work best for you? It's so much better than can you write me a review? Because you're going to find out exactly what you said, what I did wrong, what I did right, and what I need to prove on. And we've got to have thick skin. If you want to be in this industry for a long time, buckle up your pants, pull up your big girl pants, and put some thick skin on. Because exactly what you said, they'll tell you. So I, I'm so glad that somebody else is saying it aside from me. So thank you for saying that. I have found this in my business too. When I ask for feedback from my best clients, they tell me things that they see in me and why they like to work with me that I totally take for granted because it's just how I am. It's just how I think. It's just how I work. But to them, this has been so helpful. And this is what they would tell people if they were telling a friend to come work with me. So this is what I need to keep in mind in my marketing and to really infuse into everything I do marketing wise. So I can become a magnet for those people as opposed to what most of us do is chasing people. Right. And if you can make yourself the go-to person, this is another way to think about ideal client. Who do you want to be the go-to person for in your area? Do you want to be uh, the uh, tons of examples of clients I have. So do you want to be the go-to officiant for couples who really want something very personal, very much value whether or not they are in the LGBTQ community that you are arms open to them Perfect. want uh, either a combination of cultures. They're not religious, like all of these things form how this particular officiant markets herself and she is by far the most expensive officiant in her area because she's the go-to for her people there's her and there's everybody else gotcha that's brilliant that's it wrap it up you told her to come <laughs> right away. no and I, and I love that and so as we talk and progress you've automatically already given anybody listening these easy, quick, simple steps. Now, the hard question is, I know that the listeners, and here's one of the questions that comes up, can you ask Heidi to explain the difference between advertising and marketing, and are they two different types of plans? Mm, that's a good question. That's because she read the topic I posted. She read the topic that I posted on the story, so she came immediately after I posted that and said, oh, see, so at least we know people read the podcast post. <laughs> yeah. So... The way I view it, marketing is more of an umbrella and advertising falls within that. There's a lot of things you can do to market, like networking is marketing, uh, advertising is marketing, you know, organic SEO search optimization is marketing. And it all fun falls under this umbrella of putting yourself in front of your ideal client in order to attract them to you and get them to work with you. Now, when it comes to creating a plan for marketing versus advertising, I see a marketing plan as that same umbrella. So your marketing plan would contain advertising if that's something that you're going to do. Because even though advertising is paid, you really have to take very similar steps for it. So, you know, you have to 
understand your ideal client. You have to understand what it is they care about because that's how we make purchasing decisions. You have to craft your ad copy to reflect that. You have to choose an ad image that reflects your ideal client. You have to choose the targeting, you know, if you're doing something like Facebook or Instagram ads. All of that really sits very squarely within a marketing plan. The only difference is that you're directly spending money on it. And as a result, you have to track it. You have to track your marketing anyway, if you want to be able to use that data to do more of what works and do less of what doesn't and get, make it progressively easier over time. But I, my opinion on advertising is if you're not going to track it, you probably shouldn't do it at all because you don't know if it's working. Right. Well, and it goes back to like we just talked about, who do you want to be the go-to person for? So should creative individuals, especially creative individuals, we need to sit back and see and analyze how we're shopping. Like where do we go look for something, whether it be a car or let's just take restaurants. Mm -hmm. We look up and say, okay, I want to go eat here. We look at what's said about it. We look at the shiny pictures. We look at everything. And then we're going to go and invest our money there and we have an experience. So as business owners, we need to take a look and realize what are people looking at us? So if Heidi comes along and helps make a marketing plan, she's going to ask you these questions and you need to understand where do you want people to find you from? And so that falls, falls at the marketing plan. Just like you said, who do you want to be that go-to for? So they have to realize how are people going to find me and where I need to be? And does something like that fall in the marketing plan, knowing where to market and where to be seen? Yeah, absolutely. The way I teach this is actually that is one of the last things we do. And that's where most people jump to. We go through, you know, what are your goals? What are, you know, who's your ideal client? What's the competitive landscape look like? So you can make sure that you are strategically standing out. You can't stand out if you don't know what else is around. You know, what, what do they actually care about? So what kind of language are you using? And then we get into, okay, where are you going to show up? Where are you going to market? And what I tell my students is that for a 90-day plan, choose three places. And you can also do one experiment if you would like to do that. So make your decision on three places that you're going to commit to. And then, you know, you're going to make the decisions about what you're going to do in each of those places, what needs to be created so that you can do that so that you can, at the end of that 90 day period, circle back and say, okay, what worked? What didn't, what do I need to tweak? What do I need to stop doing entirely? How can I make Like, let's say you're getting a ton of business from referrals. Awesome. What steps can you take to get even more business from referrals? So it's just that incremental change that's way easier than adding on an entire new thing. Like, you don't want to be the crazy person at the buffet just throwing everything on. Just stick to three places for that 90-day period so that you can really focus on them, dedicate yourself to them, and at the end of that experiment, see how they did so you know exactly what to do next. You don't have to guess. Well, I think, too, that goes back to here we are. Oh, my gosh. I have $1,000 for advertising budget and a marketing plan because at, when I first started this podcast and I didn't hear you start talking, I thought they were one and the same. So now mm-hmm. you've explained the difference to our listeners. So now they have this $1,000. You, you also are, just explained to everybody that just because – 
Susie Smith, the cake baker, is on Facebook and Instagram and everything else does not mean Cindy, the cake baker, needs to be in all those same places because you're not probably doing the same thing and you're not really going after the same clients. And, and I think I know that that's what overwhelms, especially younger business owners. And so in, in, in what you do as a career, in you, and I know you have customers and clients all over the, the world, but here in the United States, everybody wants to be like the guy across the street. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to do what Tommy's doing and Susie's doing. And you don't believe that that's how it should be. You believe you need to find your lane and stay in it. But how do they start finding their lane? How do they know what to really look for when they maybe don't know who their ideal customer is? So if you don't have anyone you can reflect on that you've worked with, I think it's best to make a hypothesis. You probably know at least a little bit, the type of person you want to work with. Deep down, you probably know this. If you don't know this, I'm willing to bet you know the people you don't want to work with. Exactly. So, I was going to say, but I bet you know who you don't want spending money with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you can focus on building your marketing around them, sure, if you don't have any clients yet, you can't ask them, where did you find me? Right. And look at that data and say, all these people are finding me on Instagram. I guess I need to spend more time on Instagram. That comes with time, but you have to start with the initial hypothesis of, I think I want to serve this group of people. And I think I want to be the go-to person for this group of people. And I think we get so nervous about this because we don't think we can change it, but we totally can at any point. Right. Well, and you talked about referrals a while ago. Imagine if... And the greatest of all worlds in your business, if you are 100% referral, you're doing something right. That mm -hmm. means your service is right, your products are right, you're probably not charging enough, but you can charge more. But if, if you are having all referrals, and you, you're you growing, and I, I want listeners to understand that you might get referrals the first couple of years out, but you you always have to keep working. And when you, 40 years later, I can tell you that I'm 90% referral basis, but I still get people that call to me on Instagram. And 40 years ago, guys, we didn't have Instagram, okay? I'm that old. We didn't have it. People had to pick up the phone and find me in a Yellow Pages ad, you know? So let, let's think about my marketing strategy versus what I have to do now. So now that these these, these young entrepreneurs are building a referral basis until they get there they have to figure out a way to get in front of the people and by streamlining what they want to do the next question came in from uh, she did not tell me your name just says from Arizona it's when do I start implementing a marketing plan as soon as humanly possible exactly. now that you know because <laughs> it guides everything and the way I look at the way I teach creating a marketing plan is you are, you're fact finding, you're exploring, you're discovering, you're pulling all this stuff together and you are making as many decisions as humanly possible while you are in that like CEO planning mode so that on a day to day basis, on a Tuesday when you're exhausted, you don't have to think about what you're supposed to be doing because CEO, you decided that two months ago. Right. It just makes life so much easier. I'm all about making things easy. <laughs> well, and, 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 and I know that your course is going to be so beneficial for a lot of people and that, and that they know they're going to be able to find a way to work their passion and work what they want to do. And, and 
I think, and I think you'll agree with me, but I'm going to ask anyway. It is okay to find somebody outside. If you're not a photographer, go outside and find somebody else to help you. You're also what I would call, I would classify as a coach. You're there to help people coach. And the value that you can offer, maybe you can touch a little bit on why it's okay to find somebody to help you grow your business so that you can have that CEO mentality and that there's nothing wrong with asking for help outside the circle of, of the wedding industry. While you're in the wedding industry, you're still not every single Saturday out there doing one of the things that all of us are doing. You're helping us do that job better. Yeah. So I specialize in running wedding businesses and growing wedding businesses. I don't specialize in like very specific logistics of how a wedding planner should run things or, you know, the, the, how do you create your shot list as a photographer? And I think there is so much benefit to going to people who have an area of expertise and learning from them because they can give you a shortcut. Whereas you can try to learn it yourself. And I'm actually in this position in my business a lot. You know, there are things I want to learn. I go learn from someone who either has an expertise in it or has done it or has done it maybe even in a different industry. Right now, actually, I'm working on a, an online summit that I'm putting together for uh, close to the end of April. And I wouldn't have even considered putting this together until I found the person that I found. And she has, you know, a membership with all these courses and it's exactly step-by-step step what I need. There's no way I would have dedicated the right. time to figuring that out from scratch when I can pay someone who has already done it to just give it to me. Right. It's and again, so much easier. that's knowing your scope of genius. I mean, you're going to only improve. And I, and I wanted listeners to hear that. She's not just going to help you if you're a wedding planner. She's not just going to be able to help you. Heidi will help your business in general, the wedding business. Not just, yeah, she'll hone in and maybe help you fine-tune one or two things, but she's going to help you get in front of the people. Um, maybe it's a good time for us to, to run in. There's One of the questions that came in is, are online courses available and I, I told you there were some repeats here. Our online course is available. Does Heidi teach us? Yes, yes, yes. All those will be linked back in the show. I want to take the time that we have with Heidi and have her really dive in a little bit about what is a process for a creative to come and talk to you and sign up with you. Where would you like and suggest that they begin? And let's just say you're five years less in the business, and then maybe you can talk for somebody who is stuck with the new technology and everything and just needs a shot in the arm to get out of the slump. So that's, you know, a little bit newer business and a little bit older business. You can help them all. So maybe tell our listeners a good place to start with Heidi and how Heidi can help them grow. Yeah. So I would love to point your listeners to, I have a training that goes through all of the different steps yep. of creating a marketing plan. And you can get that at evolveyourweddingbusiness.com slash webinar and sign up for that and go through that training, which is going to help you a ton. And then it will give you an opportunity to join the Wedding Business Collective. And what I do with everyone who joins the Wedding Business Collective, and I will do this to the point where it is unsustainable, is I have, you know, when you first join, you know, that first email you get after you have your login details, here's the tour, here's how you find your way around. 
click here and schedule a quick start call with me. I want to know what is the biggest problem you're having in your business so I can point you to like the best course to start on, the best resource to dig into. Because for me, the worst thing is when you do decide to ask for help and then you just find yourself overwhelmed. Right. I, I, I don't I'll want anyone. on that section. That's how I feel, and that's one of the questions. And, and I don't want to interrupt you. But what, we got three or four questions that say, the online membership doesn't help me because I pay the fee and then I'm left to struggle and go through all this. I can assure you, full disclosure, I've not taken Heidi's classes or things. But guys, you know, she's a national speaker. She has a lot of good clients that she speaks with. And she wouldn't be here if I didn't know that she was a good good person for you guys to listen to. I'm not going to have anybody invest in some scam or, or fly by night. Heidi is legit and she's real. And so that's one of the questions. That's a lot of the listeners that wrote in today were all these online things just leave me. I spend thousands of dollars and I'm stuck. And you were getting ready to talk about that, but I wanted you to know that it's a concern, but Heidi, you also hear that. And I think you're going to address that coming up, but I want to let you know that listeners wrote in and told us that. That's really helpful to know. Thank you for sharing that with me. And the, the interesting thing about running a membership is that it's always in flux. It's always growing. You know, when I find that members need something, I make it and it's in there and it's available. So what I have found is that people who join and schedule that call and dive in have a much higher success rate than those who don't engage. So we have multiple ways for people to engage. We have a private Facebook community for just members where, you know, you can ask any stupid question you want and it's not stupid and we're going to help you figure it out. We have uh, one group call a month, our mastermind call where we go through what anyone is struggling with and work through it. And it's not just me. It's also the other people who are members who are very, you know, excited to turn their mistakes into something helpful for someone else. Cause then, you know, it's actually worth something. Well, and, and you and I know this from, from teaching workshops and, and for teaching and out of speaking trail that you're on, you and I both know that when we get done talking on stage and they go in those little circles, sometimes they learn more from that circle than they do from you and me speaking. Because oh, totally. somebody can totally go, oh my God, I just had that happen to me. Where you and I are sharing our experiences in the broad market and we try to tailor it down, but in large groups, it's hard for us. But your mastermind, there might be somebody else in that same region that somebody's joining that can help. And I wanted listeners to hear, it's not just you putting a bunch of things out there on papers and they have to go through it on their own. You actually have places that other people are chiming in. So it's not just, hi, this is Heidi Thompson, and I'm telling you that this is how it's happening. Other legit business people are chiming in and sharing. So I, I wanted everybody to understand, since we got so many questions about, I spent all this money and nothing happens, that you are different from some of those, and I don't know, and I don't want to know who, who you're talking about. <laughs> I just, please, you know, we have kind of conversations here, but my intent is never, ever, ever to disengage or disrespect or disarm anybody, but we are having candid conversations. So I want everybody to be honest. And so well, that, think, that's the thing. I, there are, I have a couple other points on that. I mean, the newest thing we've added inside the Wedding Business Collective are get it done days where it's like a virtual co-working day. We hop on a call at the beginning of the day, set our intentions, hop on a call at the end of the day, and we have a Slack chat room. 
throughout the day to be like, ah, I can't figure this out. Does anyone know how to do this? <laughs> Which is super helpful. But at the same time, I'm going to give a little bit of tough love. Yep. Sometimes we do that thing that I mentioned earlier where we spend money and don't take ownership of the problem anymore. It's yeah. like when you say you want to lose weight and you sign up for a gym membership and you never go to the gym, like no, you really can't. You go to McDonald's. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you have to do the work. You have to go through it and actually implement it. And there are people whose mindset is preventing them from doing that because, you know, for, for whatever reason, like they don't think it'll work for them without trying it. They don't ask for help, even though it's a completely safe space to ask for help and they shut themselves down before they even get started. But I'll be honest with you. Like, yeah, you have to put the work in, you have to spend the time, but it pays off. Well, and so many people, so many, so many of us are solo entrepreneurs. We mm -hmm. sit in an office, we don't even have a store and you never have any, anybody to bounce it off with. And I joke, you know, my dog passed away this past July. And so she would always sit in here and hear these conversations on podcasts or hear me yell, your dog can only hear so much. Your dog can't give you feedback. Your spouse is like, I don't want to hear about the wedding cake from this wedding, you know? So you have to get out of your comfort zone, get off the couch, whether that is getting a virtual group, get in a mastermind group. You have to get out of your mind space in order to grow because you're never going to, to improve or change or are you just going to get stuck? And so that's the thing that everybody has to do. And you're 100% right. Taking ownership means if I sign up for this and ask for help and somebody says, well, my God, your website doesn't have your phone number on it or your address and people can't find you. Well, pull up your pants and put your freaking phone number on there. You know, that's a <laughs> constructive criticism that somebody gives. And, 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 I, and I know that that because we're solo entrepreneurs, we don't always feel that community. And I think that's the beauty of some of these masterminds. And the fact that you have a spot that I can show up at and listen to because, and honestly, Heidi, how many people come to you and just say, I'm lost. I don't know where to start. I'm overwhelmed. Is that majority of the people that come to you when they're first seeking out your services? Some people are, some people have it pinpointed to a certain area of their business. Like, I don't know, I'm just doing this and it's not working. Right. And then, you know, we can go from there. And I love that like investigative process of helping people get down to the root of the problem because it's never what we think it is. Like marketing is a hundred percent psychology and you have to connect the dots psychologically between what you have to offer and what the person wants. And if you don't do that correctly, they're not going to buy from you. Exactly. And so you're able to really hone in. I mean, you offer some, you offer some one-on-ones you offer. If somebody really just wants you to coach them, is that something that you offer and are free to talk about somebody if they just need to, Oh my God, Heidi, I've loved this podcast. You know, walk me through three months, every single day, talk to me on the phone. So the way I do this, I actually have combined my one-on-one -on -one coaching with the Wedding Business Collective into a VIP tier because I found that people I was coaching need the education and people in education need the coaching. So it was like, okay, yep. let's just put all this together. So we have the regular Wedding Business Collective, which is more group oriented. You know, you ask questions of the group, you participate in the group. I have the VIP tier, which is also available where uh, we meet for an hour long coaching call once a month. I do 
weekly accountability check-ins, which have been really interesting. I email you and ask you, okay, what are you going to accomplish this week? And then I come and nag you and find out if you actually accomplished it. So you have to admit whether you did or not. Exactly. And uh, we also do on-demand, what I call member makeovers for the VIP clients, where a member makeover, which we do once a month in the Wedding Business Collective for regular members, is where I record my screen going through one member's website and looking for opportunities to change things or improve things in order to help them get more leads from that website. And VIP members can get that you know, whenever and as often as they like. And are you finding, I think this is great for our beginning listeners, I, I know that pricing and structure and how to make money are on every single entrepreneur's mind. But in order, in order for you to make income, you have to understand the products and services that you're selling. So in your courses, are you also teaching a little bit about what ROI is and you need to understand what it is to cost, what to cost to go out and do a wedding so that you know how to make a profit? Yeah, so we have an expert masterclass, which I do is when I bring someone else in. We have one on pricing. We have our most recent one we did, which is all based on knowing your numbers. So in terms of you know that, how much is this costing you? But how much are leads worth? How much are leads worth from Instagram versus Facebook? And there are ways to track all of this to make it really easy to make better decisions. So we're going to come now. And we know everybody's going to go to your site. Also, she has a podcast, guys. And again, Tina's linking everything back here. But now we've given some classes. So now these are things that you can go to Heidi and get on. So now we're going to get some Heidi-isms. I, I want to know what 2020 weddings and the wedding business, have you seen a shift? Are you seeing a shift? We talked a little bit about this before we started recording. But in your wedding business and the clients that are coming to you, have you seen a shift in the last couple of years? And where do you think the wedding industry is kind of going and how businesses today in 2020 need to really start preparing for some things in 21 and 22. And maybe you can share that how it's not just how you're doing business today, but you have to be preparing for the next year, three months, three days, three weeks, that it doesn't just stop with one course today. you got to implement those things every day. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, something I found a lot of is a lot of wedding professionals now and historically have kind of, marketed themselves as like a commodity, like I'm a venue. But I find what people are looking for now and the clients I have that are doing the best are the ones that are very focused on experience. Yep. Because at the moment, couples are very interested in their experience and their guests' experience, how it's going to look, how it's going to feel. And a lot of it is around, you know, having a relaxed experience, which is nice. It's refreshing. I see that a lot. But the experience, I think, gets neglected a lot because we think of like the bits and pieces that make up what we do, but that's not really what we're selling. We're selling the experience. And so if we're not marketing the experience, if we're not including that in our sales process, people aren't going to see how amazing that experience can be for themselves. So I've definitely seen more of a shift towards a focus on experience. And that makes sense because 
when you look at any statistics around millennials and Gen Z, they definitely have a larger focus on prioritizing experience over objects. And that's because that's the lifestyle they're living. That's right. what they're looking for. And that goes all the way back to the first of this podcast when we said, who do you want to who do you want to be the go-to person for and who do you want your ideal client to be? And I've been pushing for years since I've been in the speaking market that we need to start becoming the I'll do vendor. And if we're the I'll do vendor, people will find us. And we have to do things that you talked about today and that you have on your website and your courses to help us get there. But 100% exactly, I agree with you, experience is what it is. And that's what this generation for the next couple of years is going to want. And on that, you hit the nail on the head. If I just put a picture of the bride and groom walking in a field or on the beach, that does not tell any potential person the experience they had. It says, I took a picture of the people on a beach, and I'm going to be really a jerk here, and I'm going to get a lot of hate mail photographers. If you can't make two people standing on the beach look good, really? I mean, so it's more to than just that. It's what do they offer you? So when you're posting on Instagram and on Facebook and even on your website, do you not feel you need to say one of the things I loved about this wedding was how Susie and Tim incorporated blah, blah, blah for their guests so that you're showing a photo, but you're talking about the experience. Absolutely. And I, even just as you were saying that, I was thinking about how focused I am on experience outside, you know, as a consumer, like the person who does my taxes I have met her in person once, not even for tax purposes. Like she makes it so easy for me to just submit things to her. The experience is so seamless. It's actually pleasant. And the project or the property management company for uh, where I live, I could move somewhere a little bit cheaper, but I would have to sacrifice this property management company and this property management company makes me feel like they give a damn like Perfect. they really care like if I have a problem they're here like seriously super fast if you know there's any issue if there's any complaint they are out so fast to fix it they're always improving the building that we're in and it's like no I mean I don't want to save the money I want this experience well, and that's it. We're in the service industry. It just happens yeah. to be in the love industry and everything that we do. I mean, think about it. And you know this, if we didn't have weddings, you would find something else because you're a business person and you would just transfer to a different type of business. But none of us aside from, and even some countries, and since you have the worldwide experience, you just need the officiant or the person that stands up there and a license. You don't need the rest of us. Mm -hmm. We're a luxury. So learn how to value yourself. And do you not think that that is one of the business, business mistakes from a beginner to a seasoned person is that they're not valuing and acting like the expert and they don't understand that it's okay to do that. It's okay to make a profit. It's okay to be the career person, treat everybody great and offer an experience and you will get rewarded with repeat customers and your marketing plan will then start working for you and you're not working in it. Yeah. And the way I try to flip that mindset is your customers want you to charge enough to be in business two years from now. Right. Or they're going to be screwed. Right. Especially in our industry where people book one and two years out. We all know the stories of it just happened. You know, we, and I don't know that it got your state where you, but there was when a, a venue company closed and it's been all over the news, 28 venues in 28 different cities 
these people are going to go on Saturday and there's nowhere to go. That is thousands and thousands. And here's the kicker. It's not just the venue. And listen to me, venue owners and everybody else. If something happens and you go out of business, it's not just you and the couple. You've now affected the entire wedding day team because if they can't have their wedding at that venue or you're the wedding planner and, and you've shut shop and they have to change dates, you are probably, you're affecting everybody else because we may, we may not be able to change dates. It, I can tell you this happened to me three times in my career where something's happened, a business closed, and then we had to find a new day that we all could be available and you're, it affects everybody. So you need to work to do this. This can be a job and it can be a career. And there are two different things, so it's how you want to look at it. But Heidi is telling you the importance of coming up with a marketing plan and finding your ideal client and learning to work with that person. And taking her classes and taking her courses will help define that for you and help make you be able to stay in business. And, you know, and, and again, Heidi, you can't just do this for today. You have to be planning for tomorrow. And what worked today, Heidi, isn't going to work maybe next year, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, it could be that your ideal client changed something in your market change. I have people all the time who are like, I've been getting clients from this source for like 15 years and all of a sudden I'm not. So you have to be equipped to know what to do in that situation. And I mean, first of all, don't put all your eggs in one basket, but second of all, to know, okay, like I can put myself in the driver's seat and not be the victim. I am going to make some plans. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to test it see if it works for me. If it does, great. I'll do it more. If it doesn't, I'll either change it or stop doing it. And that leads us right back to your marketing plan. You don't just have one spot your marketing plan is in, correct? You need to have one that works and maybe us. For instance, Instagram's here today. We don't know where it's going to be in two years from now. So if you only do Instagram marketing and ads, what's going to happen if that goes away? And mm -hmm. you can talk a little bit about those reviews. What happens on all these online directories when they close up and you've lost your reviews? That is Google their friend, Heidi? Talk a little bit about if Google's their friend because Google may or may not be here either, but at least reviews and, and comments that go on there that's how this generation is searching. That's how you search yourself. So put yourself back in that place of how you go and find things and how people find you. So you can't just put all your eggs in a basket. So you need to, to offer your marketing plan can go across a couple different avenues. Yeah, that's why I tell people to choose three and they can have one that's an experiment. Yeah. So if you're just like, huh, I wonder if I can get leads from Pinterest. Cool, go try. Exactly. And is that something that you talk about in some of your courses? Do you, do you hit on these other avenues um, that's like Pinterest or Google and like in other places? Is that something in some of your courses that you hone in on or maybe in the mastermind they talk about it, but do you help tailor, Hey, this works here. This works here. We have found it works better here for this kind of a florist versus a wedding planner and stuff. So the way I lay it out is when someone on the roadmap, when someone goes through the marketing plan, I then encourage them to like, okay, go to the buffet now, choose what are the things that you are going to focus on for the next 90 days. If you're going to focus on Pinterest, go through this Pinterest training. If you're going to focus on SEO, go through the SEO training, you know, go through the email marketing training, whatever it is that you're going to focus on. We do have trainings on you know, a lot of these specific things and we're always adding to them. Yeah. 
because you're always growing because that's your job. That's what Heidi does, guys. See, where we go out every single Saturday and take pictures and bring florals, Heidi is working all the time to find what's going on in the industry. And you're always evolving as well, hence the name of your business. Is that why you called your business that, by the way? It is because I think you you have to continue to evolve because, I mean, quite literally in nature, if you don't, you die. Exactly. One of the questions that we have, and I'm sure it's because I, you know, if they've done the research on you a little bit, because I, I posted that you were coming on earlier, so people fed in on some things. And so we get you here today, so we have some of the questions that were lingering. You know, people know that you have spoken to and with and about HoneyBook. Um, don't want to put you on the spot, but one of the questions is, is that where Heidi thinks is a good place for a CRM, or is there something else that Heidi would like to elaborate on? I think it depends what you need. So HoneyBook is great if it suits your needs. If you need something with more automation, Dubsado is fantastic. I have some clients who use that. If you need something that allows you to like, actually manage the wedding as well as that business side of things, Isle Planner is fantastic. I don't think there's really a one size fits all. And I think you have to look at what you're expecting to get out of any particular tool. Like if you're just looking for a way, a better way to put proposals and contracts together, get them out, get follow up, get them signed and get people onboarded. HoneyBook is probably a really good option for you. But I would test it. I mean, they offer a free trial. So I am a big fan of playing with things and seeing what works for you because, I mean, I've had very similar experiences myself where people have recommended a particular tool and I try it and I'm like, I hate this. (laughs) This is the worst thing ever. And then I go find something, you know, similar in that that type of tool, like a CRM that works for the way I think. Like I, for example, I cannot find my way around MailChimp to save my life, (laughs) but the way ConvertKit works for email marketing makes perfect sense to me. And I love it. Some people don't like it and that's fine. The other question that comes up again, and if I I put you on the spot, I think Heidi, I think I know you well enough that you're going to give an honest answer and that's what we're about. You know, so again, (laughs) listeners, you ask me these questions. I read through some of them. I know some will work and some won't, but this is another thing that talks about from a marketing standpoint, are landing pages on the website good? And should the website be part of my marketing plan? Should I be investing on tools on my website as part of my marketing plan? I guess it depends on what you mean by tools. Because all you really need. Find out. <laughs> yeah. All you really need is, you know, a website that generates leads for you. So you want to make sure the copy is solid. You want to make sure it's, it loads quickly. Uh, you want to make sure there's calls to action so they can get in touch with you. And then you want to have ways to track things. So Google analytics is a fantastic option, but if you're talking about like, is it worth investing in my website period? I would say it depends on, first of all, websites are never done. They're always kind of a work in progress. Always evolving. Yeah, exactly. Nothing is ever standing still. I would say it really depends on if you feel like you can or need to improve upon either the look and feel or 
like the usability of the website or the copy. I mean, the copy is a big, big part of it. And I'd say it's probably the most important part of any website is what the text that's on it. Um, there was another, there was like another half question on there. What yeah, I think I, I DM'd her real quick and she, you know, if she comes back, I'll come. Basically what I think she's trying to say is, you know, I think she has a website and I think she probably hears, you know, how we get the pop-up things in the corner. Hi, are we available? And I, I would, I would think, again, speaking for this vendor, I'm not sure what she is either. I looked at her Instagram page. Lots of times on these, on the websites is, we can, all these tools pop on the corner. Let's do a chat on the corner. How can I help you in the corner? Here's my landing page. And we give engaged couples so much information and they haven't even asked a question yet. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're overwhelming our couples and you can teach how to find the right couple, but I think you can also teach us how to attract just couples in general. Yeah. And I mean, those tools can be helpful. I would say if you're interested in one, test it, see if it works for you. Make sure you have a way of tracking that. Um, but she had mentioned landing pages. Yeah. And I think and what, I, again, when I, when I went to her, D, I'm looking at her profile now, I clicked over to her website where we're talking. I think she's one of those things where when somebody comes in, you fill out this form and it goes to a landing page and it looks like it's going again. I personally think that this is leading your couple down a rabbit trail and they haven't even asked you a question yet. They just come to your website and you have them clicking all over. Yeah. I would say landing pages are great. If you are leading them to a page that's function is, Hey, I have this free thing for you. Enter your name and email to download it. Great. That's a great use of the landing page. Uh, another good use of, I guess I wouldn't call it a landing page, but like yeah. a dedicated page that I've seen um, some people use is, to create a specific page for your services in a specific location. So if you work in the LA area, if you also do weddings out in Palm Springs, then creating a page about um, wedding photography in Palm Springs makes a lot of sense because you can optimize that for SEO. But I mean, other than that, I wouldn't think you'd really need landing pages. And that leads right into the next question. I'm a baker and I want to service several communities. Is my marketing plan targeted towards each individual community or should I focus on marketing just in my general area and hope that the reach brings outside people into my shop? So this is when we get into part four of the marketing plan and you're making specific plans for yourself for each place that you are going to market. This is where you would want to keep this in mind. So you know who your ideal client is. They just live in different locations. Okay. So maybe because of that, you are going to highlight your work at different venues in those locations. Maybe you're going to use certain hashtags for those locations, but you want to kind of spread that out. So then you get down to like the little nitty gritty tactical pieces. But you know, when it comes to, like I was just saying, creating a page for that particular city and your services there, you can absolutely do that. But um, you definitely don't need uh, like a brand new plan for each of these places. It's and actually each of those pages, when I've seen people do this, are like at least 50% similar. The structure's the same. Content's a little bit different. You know, you're talking about venues in those areas, but the services you're offering are still the same. 
So I like to think of it as you have this umbrella plan and then you just plug it in to these different places. So yeah, you're going to make small tweaks because you want to target people in different locations. So that maybe that's your hashtags, maybe that's SEO, but that is all part of the plan. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and I want to add in here too, you, you've dropped several SEO, you've dropped other intelligent things. Are these things you're going to oh, be thanks. picking up? Well, no, no. I, I know. I, I'm asking like if I'm a listener. You've, you've mentioned these things and, and we talk about them. Are these things that you're going to also touch on in any of the courses that we can take with you? Yeah. So SEO is not my area of expertise. So I had a friend come in, teach an SEO expert master class, and we have that available. So again, listeners, you hear, outside of her scope of genius, she's not afraid to bring people in to help your business grow. And I think in this whole conversation, you've heard that you're good at what you do. Be good at what you do. You need help with this. I, I love her line on her website. It says, you're so good at what you do, but you need help with what? And she has a list of things. And I love the fact that as you start your business, because you don't vomit when you use the word passion, you know, and, 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 and that you started your business to make a difference. And you didn't always start it to make the dollar, but now you realize you can. So as we wrap up these last few, you know, minutes, I'll have a couple more questions, but Share anything else you want to share, Heidi, and just the importance of getting help and, and anything else you can talk about a marketing plan. I'll, I'll give you a hint. The last three or four questions all talk about when to change your marketing plan and the time to know you need to change it. So maybe you could add that into what you want to wrap up with. Yeah. So when we start businesses, we have literally no structure, which is like kind of fun for a while, but then you realize it's really difficult to get yourself to do certain things, it's difficult to measure things. So I am a very big fan of planning, of planning in 90 day chunks of looking, okay, if I want to be over there in 90 days, where do I have to be in 30 days? Where do I have to be in 60 days? So that you make your success an inevitability because you're not setting a goal and hoping for it. You're setting a goal and you're breaking it down into bite-sized pieces so that you know in month two, week three on Wednesday, okay, this needs to be done in order for me to reach that goal. And whether that's a goal of, booking clients, whether that's a goal of, you know, you have a project where like you're redesigning your website or something, the smaller you can break things down into and really create tasks for yourself, the easier it is to take action on them. Because yeah, if and you- the joy of checking those things off, make you feel yes. And I love the fact that I go into my project management tool and I've resisted using a project management tool for a long time. I finally put my CEO pants on and just like, okay, this is getting crazy. I need to do this. So I can go in there and I see, okay, CEO Heidi six months ago assigned this to me. I have to do this today. I don't have to think about it. It makes it so much easier. And I think, by giving ourselves some structure, whether it's around how we plan, whether it's around our time, and we have a class on your most productive week ever about like actually managing your time. If you don't do it, someone else will. 
you know, you don't have to feel run into the ground. There are different things that you can do to make this easier for yourself. So if you're in a position where you feel frazzled, where you feel stressed, just know that you can choose to do things differently. And that it's okay to say no to some couples. Oh, yeah. It, no is not a bad word in business. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes new entrepreneurs make. They just say yes, yes, yes all the time. And then what happens, and I, all, I agree with saying yes, because gosh forbid, if Oprah calls, you don't want to say yes to her, right? Or something happens. But you also have to understand that saying no sometimes, it's going to lead to a bigger and better thing. And you're going to set yourself up for success instead of, I took this job and I wasn't ready. And now you're dealing with negativity and you're right back in that slump again. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, saying no can look like you have a bad gut feeling about someone. And so you say no, and you'll probably still feel bad about it, but you probably made the right decision. And even if you see it on social media and you're like, oh my God, I said no to that. And look who came to the wedding, Prince Harry and and everybody (laughs) came. You know what? You said no. There's a reason you said no. Own it and move on. Think like the CEO. And I say no to things when. They're outside, like I was just talking about creating structure for yourself. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We're recording this on a Wednesday because I do all my calls on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yep. If someone wants to do something out of those days, if I really want to, yeah, I might. But otherwise, it needs to fit into the structure I've created. And that goes into the structure of educating your couples. Like for me. My, my, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are when I do shoot days. I mean, I'll do an engagement session. I'll do a corporate event, whatever. Wednesdays are my day to do this. And if I'm not doing this, then I am free to get on my bike and do whatever. Mondays and Fridays are reserved for wrapping up a wedding and getting ready for wedding. And my couples have learned that. People will actually write, hey, Bobby, I know it's a Wednesday. You're probably recording something or you're riding your bike. Get back to me on Thursday. And they know that I'm out. And I have a very good studio manager, and she also dictates that. Nobody writes Tina and says, hey, can I talk to Bobby right now? Because they know it's Tuesday or Thursday. Now, if I'm not shooting, I'll happily talk to you. But it's implied that I'm not available on these days. And that's another key to learning to love yourself and think like the CEO because you don't, you see the CEOs on a golf course for a reason, people. Sorry. I'm just going to say. Yeah. I mean, if you allow yourself to get pulled in a million directions, people are just going to do that to you. And they don't look like the expert of anything. And I think in this industry, we have to show our value by being an expert. And I talk all the time about people only have a problem with price when they can't see the value. If they don't take you seriously, then they're not going to see the value in it and they're going to question. And that goes for charging too least and charging outside your scope of genius. You can charge, you can go out there and say, I can do weddings for a thousand bucks and not have any business. And it's not about your thousand dollars. It's because they look at something you're doing and going, why is this person so cheap? And they shy away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that brings us to the couple questions that talk about, can I outgrow my marketing plan? When do I really know I need to change? And if a marketing plan isn't working for me and I reevaluate, what's my next choices, of course, to try to find a marketing plan? So I don't want you guys to think of a marketing plan as like a static document. It's something that is always growing and evolving as we do. So if I, I like I said, I like planning in 90 day chunks. This is how I teach. And at the end of that 90 days, you stop, you look back, you evaluate how that went, and you make decisions off of that. 
So you're making decisions off of real data. You're not just making decisions off of gut feelings. So I would say if you're trying something, give it 90 days. If it's not working in that period, try to figure out why, get curious about it, look at different things you could do. And if you just can't make it work, that's okay. Maybe it's not the best place for you to be spending your time or your effort. In terms of outgrowing a marketing plan, if you are going through this 90-day cycle, I don't think that's really possible unless you have like a really crazy 90 days because you are going to be reevaluating and changing and your ideal client is probably going to change along with you. Yes, they'll probably be similar, but maybe you worked with someone this year that you really want to try to attract more of them and you didn't even know that was possible. So you really focused your marketing around attracting more of those type of couples. So it's always editable, of course, like nothing is set in stone. The only thing I would say is if you are experimenting with something, give it enough time. I would say for most things, 90 days is a good time frame to test something, to get feedback, to look at what do I need to change. The only thing I would say would probably take longer than that is SEO because Google can be slow when it comes to indexing things. Right, right. Does that answer all of those? I do. I think it does. And I I think that everybody's got it. And so I will leave everybody with this question. So what's the secret to growing your wedding business? You got to go to evolve your wedding business. And this is where you're gonna find these answers. Now I'm gonna be honest with you, you may not find the answers right away. Heidi is going to teach you a lot in the variety of classes and the roadmaps and everything she offers. And it might work for you, it might not work right now. Don't give away, and if you don't have, I'm gonna say this all the time, if you don't think you have the money to invest in this, imagine being a client, you know, if you don't invest in a professional, just wait to see how expensive it is when you don't invest in it. And I don't always tell you guys to spend money or what to do, but I understand that this is one of the high, this is what a question you guys ask me all the time. What's the secret? I don't have a secret. Heidi has much more in-depth, but she doesn't know the secret 100%, but she has much more tools to help you. I can teach you how to stay in business. I can tell you what I've done for 40 years. She's going to go much deeper and she's going to, create another 40 years for you to be in business. And, and, and she talks about it. She has worked with over 3,000 businesses, guys. She knows her stuff. And she runs her own wedding shows, as she talked about earlier. So I really want you guys to click the links in the show notes and go back. And again, DM any more questions to me. We talk on DM all the time, Heidi and I do. I'll get those over to you. And Tina's going to link back. And I know Heidi will create something wonderful for you guys. And we're going to do shout outs, follow along with her and keep learning. She wants you to be in business for a long time and she wants you to keep evolving your business. And I can't thank you enough for sharing. We could go on for two hours and I, I am going to have Heidi back on a couple other subjects guys. And, uh, and I I'll talk to her about that a little bit later. Cause I know you guys some other subjects that you want to hear from her on, but I want you just to, you know, take the time like this podcast when it comes out, share it with everybody and just reach out and give her some high fives because she really does know her crap guys. She really does know it. Anything else, Heidi, you want to say to the listeners and thank them for coming around or anything, any words of wisdom for parting words? Well, damn, thank you for all those kind words. (laughs) 
I mean it. People know it. I don't. I don't speak no fake here. It's all legit you, truth. You were just mentioning, you know, the secret, and I yep. think if you know, I can just close with that. We have to stop looking for that. There's there's no one silver bullet that is going to work for everybody. You have to find your unique secrets, the things that work for you, your business, the way you like to work, the way you like to market, your particular ideal client. There are so many variables to that. But once you find the things that work for you and you do them over time and you do them intelligently and track the data so you don't have to make decisions from your gut. You can make decisions from numbers. I mean, how nice is it to just be able to make like a sure thing decision in business sometimes? It it goes to the same fact. And I say it almost every episode and every interview, man, Monday through Friday, we have to have our business hats on. And that's the hard part for 90% of us. Mm -hmm. But on that Friday, Saturday or Sunday, or even weekday, when you get to actually be doing the creative work on a wedding, whether you're a planner or you get to make the bouquet, and when you're a photographer, I, I'm looking forward to Saturday. Even though I share with Heidi some ups and downs for this weekend's wedding, I'm still looking forward to it. You know why, guys? Because I get to snap the shutter. I get to be the photographer that I love. Now, I'm still out there marketing myself. I'm still out there putting on a show and being professional because those could be potential clients for me. But I get to do this. I'm not answering email right now. I'm not answering a text. I might be doing some Instagram stories. But the secret to me is being me. And the secret to my success is sharing my best self with everybody else and all couples that are welcome to be with me. And I hope you heard that today. I know you heard that from Heidi. And again, reach out to Heidi. She's there to help you. And we're going to leave on those wonderful words of find your own secret. So everybody, go out to this weekend have perfectly fabo weddings, and just go out there, be the best self you can, offer your clients an amazing experience, be best for you, be best for your wedding vendors, and the entire industry will just rise up and we'll keep growing this wedding community. So until next time, everybody, I can't wait to get this episode live and launched. You guys are going to love it, and I promise you she's going to be back for more. So thanks again, Heidi. We'll talk to everybody soon. For more information about today's episode, check the show notes at BeFabopodcast.com. Hey, while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for Monday Motivations, delivered hot to your inbox. And there'll be more. Can we say more? Till next time, be fabo.